A little bit of uh uh, whole lot of oh yeah. A little bit of uh uh, whole lot of oh yeah. A little bit of uh uh, whole lot of oh yeah. A little bit of uh uh, whole lot of oh yeah. Hello, I'm Steve from Retroman Blog, and that was a little bit of uh huh, and that's from the Everlasting Year, who are uh, three quarters of them are sitting in front of me here now. So, if you could introduce yourself, gentlemen, please. Hey, Good Steve, morning. I'm Raymond. Hello, Steve, this is Damien. And I'm Kieran. People might know you as that petrol emotion, first of all, or part of that petrol emotion, and Brendan can't be here tonight, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but the Everlasting Year is, is a completely new band that you've uh, released a great new album, Anima Rising. I, I've just got to say that we are putting on a show, the next Retroman blog night is at the Half Moon Putney on May the 12th, and that's uh, going to be with the Everlasting Year of Arrow Hill and I've been doing a flyer competition around London for people that pick up a flyer and they can get a place on the guest list and then some people say well that's a bit London centric isn't it I said well I was sort of thinking yeah but what am I going to do I can't go around every town firing every town in the hope that there's an everlasting air fan but then I, well, then we came up with this little competition I gave you the, the question uh, to, to ask people and it was um, how many times do you say or sing yeah on the <laughs> new Anima Rising album it's a great question yeah, <laughs> it was and then I put that out there and yeah. then then I suddenly thought, I'd better count them up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was 157, I think. I knew it was a lot. There's three songs. Yeah, who won? Yeah, so I think we'll, we'll probably give it to the closest. Yeah, the closest. There's a few people have entered, so we'll, yeah. we'll dig out the name of the person. Yeah. Tell us about the, the band and why you decided to sort of go ahead with a, a completely new outfit, a new name, a new band, rather than just carry on with uh, the Petrol <coughs> Emotion. Well, it wouldn't have been fair to use the name that Petrol Emotion. Because obviously Steve, this, uh, who was the singer in that petrol emotion, he's not a part of it. So yeah. we just wanted a clean break, and anyway. we wanted mm. to, to do a new project. So Steve has actually now he's relocated back to his hometown of Seattle. Oh, he's been, that, yeah, he's been yeah. back in Seattle for a long time. Yeah. I don't know, fifteen years or something, mm-hmm. maybe more. It's probably more actually. Yeah. I think he, I think he kind of moved back about a year after it was yeah. split. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty much. Yeah. Oh, because then because you did the reunion show, isn't it? When he came back for that. Yeah, yeah. He came, well, that's yeah. kind of how the everlasting year sort of started. Was because of the petals reformed and. 2008. 2008 and we did uh, some shows in 2008-2009 and the plan originally was to kind of keep going and make, mm. an, make a new record and stuff and then Steve's wife fell pregnant and mm. he didn't want to come over anymore so that mm. kind of put the kibosh on that Yeah. Speaking mm. personally I was like I was really disappointed because you know it seemed like we were mm. just getting going again and it was it was you know it was really it was great to be playing again obviously yeah and the, so the four of us, we we continued to get together just to play, just for, for fun to see what would happen. And, and basically the Everlasting Year came out of that. Yeah, it must have been difficult to... I mean, because Steve had quite a really strong visual presence, didn't he? So you've decided to go ahead with just the four of you taking on the sort of lead vocal sharing between you rather than going for a singer. Was that sort of a conscious thing that you didn't want to replace someone like 
Well, we, Steve, we just had the trauma of remembering what it was like the first time trying to get a singer. <laughs> Some of the uh, people who would turn up, and it's just really difficult, and, and nobody kind of came to mind or whatever and just the way that we started writing and stuff it just lent itself to everybody it had been more like a collective yeah. thing instead of like you know a singer yeah. and the band sort of thing yeah. you know so did you actually audition anybody is it no we didn't no we never did no, no. so you just did. made the decision like Steve's gone we can't really replace yeah. someone like him it wasn't conscious it wasn't really conscious at all just kind of yeah came through and it sort of seemed to work yeah yeah because you were writing the songs, both of you were, were the main songwriters, is that right? Yeah. Kieran and, and, well, we and Raymond. Were, so you were, I mean, in the time in between the pedals splitting up and, and this band forming, we wrote <laughs> so many songs, songs yeah. just <coughs> separately um, yeah. and, and together yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But, you, you know, with this band, I was really adamant that it had to be stuff new stuff mostly yeah. new stuff you know, because because I was pissed off <laughs> Raymond, yeah, I, I wanted to sort of get to do some of these songs that were kind of lying around but I think he yeah. was right he was right to, uh, in the end it was better to start be, with fresh material we can draw on this stuff mm. I mean some of the songs a couple of songs on yeah. on Anima were kind of they'd been, they'd been around for mm. for a few years but they were they were made better by the time yeah. we done them in this incarnation they were much much better yeah so you just totally before. came with them fresh and so we got clean slate because you're not playing any old that petrol motion no, no, no I, mean, I, 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 I feel really I still feel really strongly that I don't want to go down the same road and, mm. and make the mistakes that the petals made as regards not everybody being involved and feeling mm. like they've got a, a stake you know and feeling yeah. like we're yeah. you know it's like four legs on a table you know if you yeah. take one of them out the table's yeah. useless you know yeah. uh, and on the petals it wasn't like that it was much more for whatever reason I'm not it doesn't matter now but it was much more um, there was a lot of like possibilities for division between yes. members and you know and, and I, I I'm just not interested in that and I think it's better musically in a way you know Rather than somebody coming in with a song, going right, you play that, and you mm. play that, mm. everybody comes up with, with it. Like a yeah. guitar player will always play his mm. guitar part better yeah. than one that you've said, oh, yeah. play it like this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like that's really coming through in the songs because they're, yeah. they're enjoyable. Raymond remarked actually uh, several times that when you listen to our rehearsal tapes, there's so much laughing going on, mm. and it's not because we're bad; it's because we're actually really, <laughs> yeah. it's because we're really enjoying it. Yeah, you know, and you'll come up with like all of a sudden you come up with this idea, and you're just mm. like, "Wow, this is great!" You know. On the north side, on the south side, on the east side, west side, it's all around. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Now it's all over town There's a new beat on Shaking Street So let's beat before it gets too late Can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Now there's no
Well, I think that was apparent when I saw you live for the first time at the Lexington, where it really comes across that there is the four of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true what he I says. Think... You take one element yeah. away, and it's just not going to work as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, not very few of those songs would work like on an acoustic guitar as well. Yeah. They really, the, the, the parts all coming together and interweaving mm. and interlocking, that's what makes it really great. Yeah. yeah. When, when we kind of, when we finally <clears> come up with a name and stuff and, and just the whole idea, and, and I feel really passionately that a lot of times it's not going to sound so great. You know, the thing was, if you bring in a great song and then the bass player adds a brilliant part to it, yeah. then that brilliant part that he he or she has has mm. has brought to the whole to the whole thing mm. it's as good as the original song do you know what I mean because maybe that might be the most memorable thing about it it's important yeah. I wish we had done this in the petals I mean mm. originally we should have done it like that but mm. it didn't work out like that and it just causes so much trouble mm. you know and the thing about it is now if you do come in with an idea and, you, and it kind of gets shut down then it's not it's no big deal mm. you know it's not like you have to go away and lick your wounds like the way yeah. you would have had it that, done before that's what's you know? good now is that mm. somebody might well usually I see Raymond or Karen will come in with the genesis of the idea but then we all get involved yes. and yeah. build it up that's brilliant yeah. you don't have to bring a full song in anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just bring an idea yeah. and then all of a yeah. sudden it becomes something else yeah. you know whereas before it used to, I used to be I used to freak out before bringing songs yeah. on because I'd be like, oh, yeah, you would be worrying. You know, it's a good enough, you know? I remember in the petals bringing on a song that I'd kind of done it at home, and then what I would do was you, you would put it on the little tape recorder in the rehearsal room, and then I'd go to the toilet. Uh, yeah. and so then you'd come back in after everybody that. heard it, and then hopefully they would all like it. I mean, That's yeah. I mean, usually I don't think I, I, don't, I don't think I ever had any ideas ever shut down. Even I know we don't always do it, but it's like, what if you've got an idea, try it out. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's rubbish, if it doesn't work, yeah. try it, because you never know. Yeah. Or it might turn into something else yeah. anyway, do you know what I mean? So and the great thing as well is there's really some really great spontaneous things have just come out of nowhere, you know, mm. like literally come out of nowhere. And that's really exciting. People talk about the the Krautrock thing and stuff, but a lot of people, I think, that Krautrock thing that seems to have influenced a lot of bands, it's, it's more the noi yeah. sort of side of things. Whereas, <coughs> whereas we're really interested in the can thing, you know, and being a bit yeah. more expansive and really yeah. pushing it out more and trying, like, you know, more light and shade yeah. or whatever well, as well. That's a good point. No yeah. matter in our songs, you know, that's what we almost is you get you get the influence of pop music coming through or what we yeah. grew up what we considered yeah. pop music it's not yeah. Miley Cyrus or whatever yeah. no, it's <laughs> what we grew up with do you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. And, and also soul music because yeah. we love our ooze yeah. and our back oh, and forth do you know what I mean because for, for me for us all of us I think it's a really important part yeah. of our musical upbringing was, well, I think was it, black American music yeah. you know and it does sound like you said the way you're writing that you're actually you're getting that across really well on the record which is quite rare yeah. I think you know it just sounds like you are experimenting and things go off a little tangents and well we actually most of it was all worked out in rehearsal studios mm. really yeah I mean a little bit it's, it's, it it sounds really simple but it's actually very complicated yeah. I mean, it took very us, complex you know, it took yeah, us months to kind of months and months to, yeah. to yeah. practice it you know because yeah. it's a lot of different bits and pieces or whatever yeah. but somebody said to me that in the petrol sometimes you know, we just get going and then the song would sort of stop, you know, and I say, yeah. well, this time it's brilliant because yeah. you just keep, you keep the groove going, you know, and yeah. you just, you don't want it to stop in a way. Yeah, there's no rules. There's anymore. no rules, you know, we're yeah. not thinking about, oh, you need to, to, write, to get a yeah. song. It would be good to have a song for the radio, of course, but we yeah. thought, we thought a little bit would be the song for the radio, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, but they're the not radio uncommercial, is, they're not uncommercial songs. No, they're not, but that's the oh, thing, but, but it's like radio is still like, I, I remember we were going to go with this company uh, for distribution and the guy took it to some radio station 
maybe Radio 2 or something. And the guy was moaning, you know, they were all too long. And I said, well, what year is this? You know, is this 1958 or something? You know, why, why have people still got this thing on radio about it's got to be like a three-minute or four-minute song? You know, it's just ludicrous. You know, what if you That's wrote the point. new Bohemian Rhapsody? You know? <laughs> what are we going to do? You know? However, I do still think we're capable, and I really do want us to... Have a pop song, we, three yeah, minute pop course, song. Yeah. We, we do have a, well. There's a couple of new ones. There's mm. still over three minutes, about <laughs> four minutes, but they're they are more focused, you know, than uh, the grind, for example. Sometimes evil wears a pretty face. There ain't no heart you can find a trace. There's hate and war, and I don't know why. So much confusion in the people's minds. Sometimes evil wears a pretty face. There ain't no heart, you can find a trace Was it the day that the music died? Oh, when the scummy politicians lied This is the grind, this is the grind 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 this is the grind, this is the grind. What I was really impressed with when I heard the Everlasting Year album yeah. and the Rising was the sound and the production. So yeah. did you do that yourself or did you yeah, have any produced it ourselves? Yeah, I think I think all the like for me speaking personally, I was like I wasn't gonna let anybody tell me mm. something else. if I didn't hear it myself, I wasn't gonna listen to anybody, I was prepared to fight. Uh, the corner for for the way you know yeah. we wanted it to sound. I mean, the engineer we had on, he's good, he's good friends, he's a good lad, but he can be like really kind of negative sometimes, and really, you know, he'd be really making you question what you're doing a lot of the time. You know, he, I mean, it was like a section of the grind, and he, he just kept saying, "I don't understand this, I don't understand <laughs> yeah. this." And I said, "Andy, it's music. <laughs> you know, it's not an equation. You know." Yeah, so yeah think, we, it was a good studio. Yeah, and it's local as well. That was fun. Like, yeah, Anima was really great fun. I think the, the things that I've enjoyed doing, and seeing the pedals, was stuff was done quickly. Yeah. Because you can't bellyache about it too much, you know. Yeah. And I think there's just far too much choice now. You, you mm. know yourself, you're a musician. Mm. You get like a software now. You can do endless mm. tracks. Do you know what I mean? And you that you think back to all the the records mm. that you really really love. You know, say I would say my favorite period for records is like maybe the early to mid seventies. Yeah, the best sounding yeah. records in this when they were doing like sixteen track or twenty four track. Mm. They'd have to make a choice. Mm. You know, they'd have maybe two choices. They'd have to make a decision the whole way along. Mm. You know, they couldn't go, oh, let's do five mm. guitar tracks and mm. choose one later. Do you know what I mean? Once you start doing that... So, so was Anima Rising recorded live in the studio? Did you... Or did you no. Or did you we, put, we put the backing tracks down. We put the... Yeah. We play, all played together when the drums yeah. went down. Yeah. But then the parts were replaced. Like, the... the, yeah. the Brent would redo the bass and these guys would redo the guitars. And sometimes we do, them, do stuff together. Some stuff did go down together, mm-hmm. doesn't it? But you get the basic feel from a live performance. Yeah, yeah I think you do. I think on I the mean, album it comes across really well. And it, well it's yeah, great. The I guitar sound especially is, is really... Yeah, no, I think it was really guitars. good. I think all the the way all the separation and the instruments... But I mean, mm. it's down to Kieran. I mean, the, the reason why it was, we were able to do it so quickly is down to Kieran. Mm. Being able to really nail the track really mm. quickly. Mm. I mean, the grind is first take, isn't it? Mm. Or second? Something like that. We didn't do it very often. No, we didn't. We think we did it once or twice. Yeah. And it grinds like t- over ten minutes. You know, yeah. you had to go to the toilet. Halfway <laughs> 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 between the song. <laughs> then we went for a curry halfway through. <laughs> well, let's hear a bit of. Um, let's hear. This is the last track on the album, and it's called "The Grind." 
was it the day that the music died? Oh, when the scummy politicians lied. And then I watched as the muse withdrew. She disappeared, slipped away from you. She paid her time, told me don't ask why. She gave me wings, told me learn to fly. Cause all around us is a nightmare nation. A democracy is what we're facing. This is the grind, this is the grind. This is the grind. This is the grind, this is the grind. This is the grind, this is the grind. This is the grind. This is the grind, this is the grind. This is the grind. This is the grind, this is the grind. This is the grind, this is the grind. It's a grind, it's a grind. This is the grind, this is the grind. It's a grind, it's a grind. This is the grind, this is the grind. And that was The Everlasting Year with The Grind. That's the, the last track on the Anima Rising album. And you played that live uh, at the Lexington, and that was the last track you, you played, which I, 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 you know, I must admit in my review, I was thinking, God, you know, this is a strange one to, to end on. But it, it sort of, if I think about it, it was good. I mean, I, I understand what you were saying about the doing something quite different and, and not playing you didn't come along and, and do an encore a big decision or or um, teenage kicks no, or anything you came on and you did the grind you know which was was, was pretty yeah, good well, it was only it was one, the only song we had left <laughs> <laughs> I think people if we hadn't have done it people would have been disappointed as well the ones that have kind of been there from the start you know mm. The thing about the grind is we've never played it the same twice because the outro is always different. Yeah. The, the the main body of the song is always the same. It's structured yeah. now, but the outro is always a bit different. And so yeah. it's kind of I wa- that's the only one I actually watched on the because people put stuff on YouTube. Yeah. I watched yeah. it later on. I thought oh, it's quite good. Yeah. With the with the outro, you know, because we we did that slightly different things. Yeah. So it's a bit loose. But it's you, good that you've got that sort of freedom now, haven't you? I think again, it's like you get to a certain period with the band and you, you like I said you, you, you look back sometimes a little bit of regret on what you might have done with the, that petrol emotion or what you should have done and, and now I suppose you're at the stage when you, you can just play and do mm. what you want and you can learn from any mistakes you've made and look back and just enjoy it yeah I mean yeah we're supposed to enjoy it it's supposed to be enjoyable <laughs> I think you know again I think sometimes maybe like personally I'd maybe take it a bit too seriously sometimes but it's only because I want, to be, I want it to be like really great you know yeah but it, it is, and it's, I don't really, I would feel weird to do, like, older songs at the minute. I, I would say I'm not ruling it out completely yeah, ever. I, I, been, I, actually, I wouldn't mind doing it. Yeah. I would easily do Abandon or something like that, definitely. I, I, think, you know, I think we may, like, not, maybe not even, if, maybe after the next still period and one after that, maybe you think about doing it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's intense what we do, I, I really hope that we can do more sort of peaceful things as well. I'd really love to do, they have more, you know, they really kind of take the band somewhere, mm. somewhere new. To, you know, I think kind of with Anima, the idea was, you know, we're kind of building on what we're known for, but, you know, we're never going to play it. We've yeah. never, ever written the same song twice. I think we're just incapable of it, you yeah. know. We but really are. But I think the album, it, it sort of puts, to me, everything that you've done with that Petrol Motion, and it puts everything together, where you, you had all the different aspects of, I mean, like, for example, Kieran, the one you sing lead vocals on, Everything mm. is Beautiful, mm. which you always had that in you, that sort yeah, of yeah. Velvet Underground I've Sunday morning. Always. Like, every really sort has of... Look, I, really I, nice it's really good that you say that, because yeah, I'll tell you what... That's important. I, 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 I'm still <clears throat> astonished that some of the ballads that we did in the Petrels just totally mm. overlooked. I mean, like, mm. Heartbeat Mosaic on the last... Yeah. Uh, sorry, on Fireproof. Yeah. It never gets mentioned, and when it comes on, like, mm. if I hear it and it comes on my iPod or something, I just 
<laughs> great song. Yeah. How come nobody's ever ever said yeah. uh, but, about this song? You know, yeah. but every album you sort of did that. And I think, yeah, every, every, I think and, like John, Kieran, yeah. Damien, myself, four of us. I think for me, I'd, I, that's what I always wanted to prove when I started writing songs. I, I would look at like like John's a good example. I always thought like some of his ballads are just so mm. brilliant, beautiful. Mm. And I wanted to write something like that as well. And I think yeah. we all did, you know. Yeah. And we're yeah. like stuff like we always we're all fans of like something like Pet Sounds. Do you mm. know what I mean? We get yeah. these wonderful, beautiful ballads mm. always under the surface. Oh, it'd be great to do something mm. like that. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's great that also really works live as well because like I said the song that set when I saw you, I've only seen you once, but it was very intense. And then suddenly you've got everything is beautiful. It's a break. In there as well, live. It's never a rest. It's a break. But it sort of works really well, you know. I was really glad. I was really glad we put that on. I remember when Kieran wrote that song and he played it to me, and I was like, this is a fantastic, fantastic you, song. That's an old song. That's an old song. I wrote that oh, okay. yeah. 15 years ago. Oh, right, okay. But I'm really glad. He's got you, loads of great I always songs. I because I remember going to see them, they used to perform yeah. together live, thinking, wow. Well, and it was this, this, these guys wanted to do it more than I did. I wasn't sure. Yeah, right, so you remember the song? And yeah, yeah, I remember the song. I loved that. I've always yeah. loved that song. Yeah, always. Great. <clears throat> well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Everything is beautiful with Kieran on lead vocals. It's a dark of the Everlasting Year from Anima Rising and Everything is Beautiful. And so what can we expect at uh, the Half Moon on May the 12th then? I mean, you've been writing wait. some new material. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we've got like five new songs and one of them's turned on the well, uh, Cecil B. Sort of epic. <laughs> sort of Cecil B. Cecil B. DeMille production. Oh, really? <laughs> are we going to beat the eight-minute mark? Are we We're up the eight-minute eight minute at the moment. There's a ten. Is it ten? That's got a process. Yeah, there's, there's one that's eight and a half and there's one that's ten, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, Damien hasn't got his two minute pop song yet but it's on, it's on the way <laughs> it's on the to-do list yeah, yeah yeah. but I think even the songs that you heard last time they've yeah, just gone through changes already I mean they're so much better I mean yeah. seriously yeah. there's like one in particular which was kind of the rump of the litter and that's really kind of yeah. jumped up the queue when you play live I think like after we played at the Lexington uh, I remember you, you, it suddenly sharpens your uh, creative or sorry, not your critical yeah. side. You start thinking that song doesn't work. Do you know what I mean it, yeah. it's not working as well as it should do? So we went back into the rehearsal studio and just worked on a couple of them, you know, yeah. and changed them around. And the thing is, because we write as a unit, 
it makes everything a bit longer though it's like putting yes. a jigsaw together mm. it's like that Laurel and Hardy film where they lose the piece of the jigsaw <laughs> um, so you can spend like we spent we spent like quite a long time just fitting stuff together and trying yeah. stuff out and yeah. um, but hopefully in the end up it's worth it you know? yeah. yeah it can be frustrating sometimes like so every so often <clears> I'll have a bit of a freak out and think oh stuff is like I'm going to bring just bring a song and we'll yeah. do it you know yeah. but it's always because it'll reach that point where you're maybe trying too hard Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to just let things happen sometimes, you know, because yeah. you're impatient and you, you want it to kind of to go to the next stage or whatever. Yes. But again, it's like, you know, sometimes you, you play things in rehearsal and then you, you don't really think anything of them. You take it home, you think, well, that was a wee bit of magic there, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's great. It's great. I'm really, you know, because I thought, I really did think we would have trouble uh, topping Anima. You know, I was just mm. so pleased with Anima. I still think it's one of the best things mm. I've put my name to ever but I think we're going to top it I think we're really going to top it oh, the new songs that I heard they did stand out really well yeah. you know and like I said in a way I'd be ashamed if they are changed because there's a couple I really mm-hmm. remember I thought they were great you know so yeah, but I think we'll keep, we much. kept all the best bits we haven't thrown <laughs> out the best bits we've all just, the best bits we've, we've, we've just been we yeah. the bits that you couldn't remember we've made them more memorable. <laughs> no, those, yeah. <laughs> but, like, we always have this thing I mean we, you listen to so much music and I'm like I remember listening to somebody's LP and afterwards, you know, because maybe it was somebody I knew or something, and I thought, you know what, afterwards I couldn't retain one thing from it. I couldn't mm. remember one, like, memorable kind of lyric or even one, like, half melody or something, do you know what I mean? Whereas with us, I think, you know, those songs, whether you like them or not, you're going to remember them. Some of them are going to stick on your head. You well, know? I mean, a, a little bit of... Uh, well, that was designed, that was, I mean, that was designed, designed. That, that was designed. designed. It's and it was, pop back to its basics, isn't it? Just yeah. that, the, the, the sort of catchy thing that's going to stick in your head. Yeah, it? but I mean, again, that that kind of went through changes as well because that that the original kind of piece of music dated back from when Damien and myself and Brendan we had a project called Wave Walkers not that long after the, the Petals broke up. Yeah, and we only ever played six gigs, but you know, we'd, I'd written a lot of songs for it, and that was one of the things that kind of came out of it. And it was Kieran. Kieran didn't want to be involved at the time. He was. Uh, I was teaching. I was blowing my neck. Yeah, he was kind of. But the wave walkers. I was going to ask about that because I, I found something on YouTube as you always can, and and there's uh, there's the four of oh, that's you. Crazy. That's my fortieth yeah. birthday. Oh, it was a birthday special. Yeah, I was so say, I, that, I got that's the, the four of you performing. That's true. Yeah, that's the first that was time. wave walkers Mark Two. That was wave walkers Mark Two. Yeah, so he was. Kieran was actually a wave walker for. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. So that was just for the first. Uh, but we had the yeah. The interesting yeah. thing is what he's just about to say is I think twenty years later, whatever it was, fifteen years later, I. Remember Remembered this was an instrumental mm. as they a little bit was an instrumental. It didn't have a oh. name or I don't I don't know whatever. Well, I was going to call it a little bit, but even that I've forgotten. As well, well, I have. Yeah. But it's good he remembered. I remember this, things. and I said, "You know that song? I think we should do that one." Yeah. And then we came up with a the chant, you know, like the yeah. little bit, and then we, all the other bits came together over yeah. a period of months, actually. Yeah. Years now. <laughs> no, we, we, we weren't rehearsing so much then. We, we wouldn't get. We weren't getting together. So because you, we were just getting going. So this would have been about two thousand and ten. We were just getting going, and it was getting exciting. And then he put his back out, didn't he? Well, I had serious health problems in two thousand. Yeah. Like serious yeah. health problems. Yeah. So but we had to. Honest, everything it, went on high. Because of those well. health problems that I, I, I was determined afterwards. I, I was going to oh. do something. You know. Yeah. Otherwise, to be honest, I don't know if I would have done because I I just kept putting, oh yeah, I'll do it next year, I'll do it next year. But because it focused me very much so, and then we got together, uh, we went out for a meal and um, just decided we'll have to get together. So, in a way, 
it was quite good. Yeah. So why didn't you just continue the Wave Walkers? As, as, did he just again wanted a clean break? Yeah, I think something so. brand new. Yeah. But you did a great song. I, 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 this, I, I don't know. Well, some of my solo songs are under the Wave Walkers name on yeah. MySpace. I put them okay. up on MySpace. How about the, the track Radio Free Dairy? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a song of mine. That's, that's a, song a great track. Yes. I mean, I actually want, I still it, want us to do I that. I really like that. And I was looking at it and I was, you know, when you think, is it a cover version? No. And, there's this, and I was sort of Googling, like, yeah, great. Yeah, that's a great thing about seeing a band live. No, I wrote that. I, I wrote that in like 1995 that's such five a, or six. That could be, yeah. That could be a the one you've been I, looking I'm for. Looking for yeah. Well, what I actually thought when I wrote, you know, I thought, what I, when I wrote it, I thought that's bloody typical. I've written probably my best petrol song, and the yeah. band doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would have thought it would have suited if we had a reformed as the Petrels, then it would have been maybe well, yeah. and. You well, know, it, competition for first song for the Petrels, maybe. Could be a, an well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, let's. I'm not ruling it out, you know, but it has to fit. I think that this is the thing, the kind of aesthetic that we have now. It's like it has to kind of fit everything else. Yes, you sure. can't just sort of like shoehorn it in there, you know. Yeah. Did you go? Have you recorded that at all? Just as a demo, uh, Damien played the bass on it and did back vocals. So did it at his old house. Yeah, it's great. And I I love it because it's really lo-fi, but I just love the sound of guitars on it. thinking oh yeah we're back you know we're going to be doing something and then it took another seven years or whatever before. so that was the first time the four that was the first time played. the four of us had played because I mean I, re- I I would say the Wave Walkers I really miss have not having Kieran there you know like, that's why the Wave Walkers didn't but we did we, me and Rim played acoustically yeah. um, separately like as one you know as each other so yeah. does that make sense and then sometimes we played together yeah for a whole year once, yeah, um, and it was great for writing songs. We wrote, but wrote it was very much acoustic, like, and yeah. I wrote loads of songs that some of them I really like, but they're not they're not really suitable yeah. for us. Because um, you write a lot of the songs, Kieran, and as a drummer, do you write on the on the guitar? Do you? I used to write on the guitar. Yeah, he's a great guitar player. Yeah. I'm not really. No, I'm not. Yeah, yes, he he's I'm, a really. I'm, I like guitar. nice flowery chords. Yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, yeah, the keys the keys responsible for some of the great roughs and the petrels. Don't don't listen yeah. to him. He's far too modest. And it's, it's all about chemistry, isn't it? At the end of the it day, is. Band, it, you know, and and friendship. Like, yeah. I think it's chemistry and friendship. You, you look. I think nearly a lot of all my favourite bands. 
there was the, the, what started it was was friendship and, and the chemistry then that they had. Oh. Maybe like even like a band uh, who maybe when they started off they weren't all great musicians, but they learned together. Yeah. And then the, you know they have that unspoken thing as this thing with us, as you know, like even after all the years when we didn't play and then when we got in the same room again, you know it's just there. It's mm. just yeah. it's instant. You know, you don't have to work at it. You know, you're maybe you're a bit rusty, but mm. you know, very very quickly you get up to speed again. You know, I mean, whenever the pedals reformed, I mean, we were as good as, as what yeah, we were when we were playing. You know, if not better, because you're you know, you're just looser and you're just you know just enjoying it more as yeah, well. Yeah. For me, it was just really enjoyable. I remember like, when the pedals reformed and we did uh, we did like was it three gigs, three four gigs? Mm. We did four mm. gigs. We did, a, we did a, a kind of secret one here, and then we did a. Two, do two warm ups in Ireland or one? No, just the one. Just, just one, one. one warm up in a small club, and then we played this big festival, mm. and it just everything just went so well, you know. And I came back to go to work. I mean, my head was up my backside for about three months. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, you know. I just, I really, I, I missed it so much, yeah. and I wanted to be playing so much again, you know. And that's why maybe this time round, you know. Even though people might think, "Oh my God, now you you're you're getting on and stuff," and maybe you should sort of wise up a bit and sort of take it a bit easier. But I, I want this to really, you know, yeah. I want it to be the best possible uh, thing that it can be. You know, mm. I'm still as passionate about it because, and I just think, you know, we didn't waste years. Years went by. You know, you thought. You just always think, oh yeah, we'll do this. Kieran saying earlier on, you know, we'll do something next year or something to happen next year. But then when it doesn't happen. And then you do get the chance, and you just realise, oh my God, you know, we've really, yeah. we've really missed, we have missed it so much, you know. I think it came across well live. It just looked that you were really enjoying playing, you know, and I think the audience can can see that and appreciate mm-hmm. it, and it and it's, it's it was just a really great atmosphere. You know? Oh no, I think so too. I think it's very celebratory, you know, and it's a, there's a really nice kind of vibe to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And when we played, we played the Roundhouse about two years before that. I remember I was very nervous because even though we're sharing all the vocals and stuff, I'm still doing most of it. And I have a lot more to do than I had in the Pedrals. We just parade around and act the <laughs> whack or whatever. But I was a bit worried, you know, and, and that, I remember the, the actual day I had to sort of sit down and do this breathing exercise and stuff because I was really hyping myself up too much. And I thought, I don't want to blow it, and I, but I, I want to enjoy it as well. But whenever we went to go on stage and we just climbed the steps to go onto the stage of the Roundhouse and there was this warmth of the applause and, mm. and people were so happy to be seeing us again yeah. and it just lifted me up. I completely forgot about everything and mm. I just went on and just got on with it, you know, and really enjoyed it as well. Mm. But there's such a great... I think we we really attract a lot of great people. Good. You know, and, you know we have a really good relationship mm. with them. It's, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's like proper friendship, you yeah. know. And people really love what we do as well. Let's hope so. At yeah. May the 12th. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not to worry. They'll all be there. They'll all be there. And let's hear a track uh, from the album. This is um, probably, I think, my favourite because it probably this is the, the pop moment on the album to me. This is uh, All Around the World.
Uh, it's a great track all around the world from Anima Rising and the Everlasting Year. And that nearly doesn't make it. Didn't it? <laughs> oh, that's one I, I was. Do. I was like really. Uh, uh, I, like I wasn't sure about it. I was like, oh. I was. Like Damien, fair play to Damien. I was like, because I always look like, of Kieran sort of. He's not sure. I'm always not sure as well. I never said I wasn't sure. About no, that. but it was. It was. I was just thinking, is it good enough? Is it good enough? But I think we did. We we worked. You know, we made it good enough on the end of the day. And I think it's great. it's very like a lot of people's favorites. I think. Yeah. I think it's it's a, it's a good one. I mean, all the tracks, the good thing is, I mean, it's a short album and, and all the tracks are different and they're all really great, great songs, you know, I mean, the songwriting. Uh, I mean, you know, Hoodlum Angels is the second track, which again is a great one and it's a, it's a really laid back, almost like a funky feel to it. You know, yeah. it's, it's a great, and, and that was going to be the name of the band I, I read. That you were it was, it was originally. It was for one for day. One day. <laughs> we did this kind of semi-acoustic gig up in North London with... Uh, there's a friend of mine, uh, Simon Spencer, he's a, a writer, he does involve with comics as well, he's involved with 2018, and he got us to come up to a little thing that he did in this pub up in North London, and it, it was... Um, it was educational. It was educational, because I think we weren't really ready, and it was okay, but it was like, we, we all sort of realised that there was still a lot of work to be done here, definitely. But going back that day, I near, it was like quite a cold day, and... I was coming down f- from this uh, little road on the Streatham High Road, and it was there was like ice, and then the car started skidding. Now, if you there's there's nothing to stop you. You basically would go onto the high street, and you know the cars are coming 30, 40 mm-hmm. miles an hour. So I would have went in the middle. I had to drive the car into like the the curb, and luckily it was okay. But I was really shaking. I was sort of sitting there, and I was like. And then we're thinking, no, oh, the name's not right. And I'm thinking, the other side's jinxed. Yeah, let's, let's get rid of it, you know? So it was good. To, uh, it was good. It didn't, wouldn't have worked as a name, I don't think. Yeah. Stood in line with the hoodlum angels. Watched them rise up on last five paths. Got the ceiling spread the wings high. Over street waves this high. But the Animal Rising album, you um, you started that off with the crowdfunding scheme. Yes, we did with right, crowdfunding. So. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of work, actually. Was that something it you... nearly did me in completely. Yeah. <laughs> I nearly had a breakdown a at the end of it. But was that something you, you wanted to do yourself, or was it just because there wasn't any interest in, in record from record labels, or was it something you wanted to do it yourself? I, I don't even know. Well, there was, you, there's, want, you, you kind of I, that I, I, I thought we should do it ourselves. I, I'm a big believer now in doing as much as you can yourself, mm. you know. It's like, I mean, we, we do have a label now, but we sold out the first run of CDs, which was a thousand CDs, so we, we did yeah. all that by ourselves, you know, yeah. which is quite a, an undertaking in yeah. this day and age. Yeah. So we have a, a label now, Occultation Recordings, lovely guy called Nick Halliwell. He's printed up another thousand now, and they're, they're doing quite well as well. Yeah. And we, got, we still have some vinyl as well. So the crowdfunding basically paid for everything. That's good. So it, paid yeah. for, it, it, it basically paid for everything. But we did, just didn't have enough to do a proper PR campaign. So I think if we do anything similar in the future, we need more money to do PR because yeah. it's just so important. Yeah. And I, th- I was very disappointed that we couldn't get more more interest in what we're doing. I don't understand what the, the sticking point is. You know, it seems like 
Um, I'm being as diplomatic as possible here. It seems like we've just been completely forgotten. And it's a shame, you know, I mean, there's a legacy, a great legacy. We've left a great recorded legacy of the Pedrals. Maybe with the Pedrals records getting re-released now, um, it might get a bit of dressed up again. But I think there's there's room for somebody if they want to do a really great documentary on the band or or just a, a piece. It's such an interesting story. Yeah. Just the background, the music and... With the petrols, like the, the the politics and uh, how that became like a sticking point, and but do you, maybe do you something think, even more sinister. But then you did move into more political things. Do you think that did hold you back at all? Do you think people were they were suddenly they were wanting something about yeah, from Northern Ireland to write about political things? It's just a, a perception. We didn't, you know, anything that we wrote about was. Uh, and talked about were just like basic civil rights things, but because we came from Northern Ireland, from our background, then it's it's loaded automatically, you know. Yeah. So I think we just felt like we kind of gave up talking about it by the time it came crazy because people weren't listening to you, you know, and they weren't, you know, they, they put us in a box. Yeah, they put us yeah, in a box. Pigeonhole you. They pigeonhole us in. Plus, as well, you know, you, you know, you go for an interview with the enemy or the they make it whatever you're young, you know, they take you into a pub and you've had a couple of drinks and. They're asking you these pretty loaded questions and, you know, they don't know much either. Do you know what I mean? And you, whenever you're talking to them, you you sort of realise they don't know anything. So it kind of gets your back up a little bit as well. So maybe you're not as articulate or whatever. But, you know, in general, like, as I say, it was only civil rights things. That's all I was interested in was was talking about civil rights. I didn't want to alienate anybody. I had loads of Protestant friends and stuff. I didn't want to, you know, it was just music at the end of the day, you know. Promotion were you know we're, we're still capable of writing some some great. Yeah, well, I think what songs. I tell you what really done us and because everything was all we were getting great press by by Babel. The big decision was an almost hit, but but our third LP, Young Millennium, killed is dead. We yeah. never recovered really. People just didn't yeah. understand the it, press. Yeah. Never really forgive us for that in yeah. a way yeah. that we didn't because they built us up and we disappointed them and they after no matter what we did they didn't want to know. Yeah, it's, it's a shame, isn't it? Because well, it's there. It's it's to do with them because I mean, you know, you see the like a lot like Millennium's a record now that a lot of people are, are very fond of, you know. And it's like the thing about Millennium was it was supposed to be like a, a mixtape because we used to play mixtapes in the in the in the van mm. and we played all different. You know, every one of us would when we go on tour, we'd all have you know we'd all have made a mixtape and that's probably what we'd listen to the whole tour. Mm. And it would be literally about everything, you know. So that's kind of what we wanted to do. Mm. And again, people weren't ready for that at the time. I mean, like five years later, they wouldn't have batted an eyelid anymore. You know, they would they really wouldn't have batted yeah. an eye. It would have been more acceptable. But just at that time, it was always that thing. It was just like. You know, we thought, you know, we grew up with David Bowie, you know, when you thought every record you had to be a bit different, do something, you know, it's got to be yeah. new or whatever. 
And like suddenly they had become really conservative, you know. Mm. And I think that's why whenever somebody like Oasis came along, they just couldn't believe their luck because it was easy to write about, you know, that they were yeah. bad boys. It was easy for them to write about. The music was kind of uncomplicated, and they knew where it was all coming from. So they didn't have to think about it too much. You know? Whereas with us, they didn't know where we were coming from. They didn't realise we were in the listening to Curtis Mayfield. What, what's interesting about Millennium is that Curtis Mayfield. Was was, he was one of the producer. producer. He our manager met him in Atlanta, Georgia, as a, with an with a beauty mm-hmm. and producing that record. Can you imagine yeah. that? Was <laughs> Why didn't he? Probably was... wrote under the sky. I don't know. I mean, can you imagine him producing that? Um, so I just think at the time as well, we 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 didn't edit mm-hmm. our own work. Enough. We were a little bit. We we were. We, we, we just, wouldn't have done that now. There's no, no way that some no, of those was, songs was a little got, bit, You know. Yeah, but it was like Virgin put two songs on for a start that that we probably wouldn't have put on ourselves. I'm not saying that made it suddenly a bad record, but it was just a little bit unfocused. Like genius John was like, went on as well. Like John was leaving. Yeah, yeah. John Genius Move should have been the first song, you know. Yeah. But John was leaving. I mean, it was uh, the making of Millennium was very very. Kind of mm. traumatic. I was, you know, everybody was just doing their butts separately, and yeah, yeah. we weren't communicating. We weren't talking. It was a very bad atmosphere, you know. I think horrible. that's what it, it probably. I mean, I when it came out, you know, I must admit, I, yeah, I was probably as a fan, you know, thinking, yeah, you know, this is this is different. It's not what you expected after after Babel, which with yeah. was a big commercial success, and you had that quite a big, powerful sound, and you, you got a sound there, hadn't you? You, you know what I mean? You got yeah. you got a sort of an identity. And I think then yeah. with Millennium. It, yeah. it was like you said; it was a mixtape, but maybe a lot of people thought it was there wasn't that identity there. That each yeah. song was. But I just think a lot of people and, probably weren't listening to dance music at that time. They weren't listening to folk music. You know, there's a but. You mm-hmm. know, now it doesn't seem like such a stretch anymore. No, because I mean, as a, as but a, I think it was it was sequenced badly as well. I mean, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of front loaded about as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? With, with John leaving as well, I think everybody our focus was. I 100%. think our, you know what, we didn't, I say we didn't edit ourselves, but I think underneath it we were very unsure about that record. I remember we had this party in the mm. studio um, when it was finished. It was like a, you know, like a, a finish of the album party. We invited all these people, our friends and things. And I remember, jeez, I, um, I, I just ducked out of the party early. I went upstairs to my room because it, it was a residential studio. And I was, I was looking down on the kind of terrace and they were playing the record. And I was going, fuck, this record's not as good as it should be, you know. I just knew it. That was before it even got released. You know? yeah. But having said that, I still think there's some good songs on it. You know, yeah, I think again, it's like if you listen back to it now, because I, never, I think again, in retrospect, really it's, 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 it's an yeah. album that at the time I, you know, it wasn't my favourite one. Mm. No, I don't but, think it was for a lot of people. But, but I think now, now I can listen to yeah. it. There, there are you, you are pushing some boundaries though, because you were getting into sort of the, the funk and mm. you know you're doing samples. Yeah. Can't feel the tension, you got no soul 
out of all that kind of trauma and bad feeling and stuff the music's there do you know what I mean yeah and it's a bit like you know production like, could have been better production's not great I, I'm thinking it's going through my head now it got song every little bit it could have yeah. been a, yeah. it's a good song the production's yeah. not great could have yeah. been a great could have been great actually because mm. the actual tune and stuff is really good but well, the production's not I think great. the sound as well yeah that, again that's another one I said yeah the, there's no uh, yeah there's I, I think you're right there's no overall vision on it it's very much yeah. piecemeal that's kind of thrown together but like I said, does it work does it like sort of go does yeah. it work you know yeah but like I said the idea of that if you listen to it as like I say the mixtape of all your different influences mm-hmm. and that so you know why not we should, why, we should why have played, you just do an album like that you know and, well, and get it out I think we should have done it like that you know you could have you could have made that the feature of the whole thing yeah. you know because the, the album sleeve was about like that you know where it's like everything's falling apart you know mm-hmm. and it was Betty as well if, if Kemi Kersey had come out yeah. instead Jeez. it would have been massive don't say that it oh, would have been massive yeah. yeah I think it probably would have really yeah, would have been I think you're probably yeah. right that would have you know what that would have followed on probably yeah, from, from we had it touch. We had to go there. We had to go there to come back and make Kemi crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I said it was a dark song, wasn't it? Was yeah, we, nearly, we nearly broke up. You know, after after Millennium, we, we nearly time. broke up. Mm-hmm. You know, we went on an American tour, and if it had gone badly, we would have broken up. But it, it turned brilliantly. It turned out to be the best tour I ever enjoyed. It's my still my favorite. It's one of favorite. Best, it's one of the best times of my life. You're driving eighteen thousand <laughs> miles around America on a bus, you know, and you're. Stay in hotels and everything's all paid for. And it was just fantastic. You wake up, you're in Yellowstone Park. Yeah, fantastic. Oh yeah, living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally, where and it was just a, it. It really bonded us again, you know, because we we had sort of kind of split apart a bit, and we weren't really communicating very well. We were really kind of communicating sort of with the music. Mm. I mean, we were actually very lucky. Could we were still on a good wage having a record company and major yeah. paying for all this yeah luckily we were selling no records yeah because yeah, I mean luckily it was the kind of the, the momentum and all the all the good work we'd done up to that carried us through yes, that period that's true because we went to America on the Millennium Tour and we weren't thinking at all and it was like we played Atlanta Georgia and it was like the Beatles I'm yeah. telling you it was one of the greatest gigs we've ever done there was a thousand people there going absolutely crazy yeah. and was that thing because we had you know there was three records then by then that, that, that they knew those three records yeah and they I know we hadn't played there before you know mm-hmm. so it was just it was just unbelievable you know and that gave us the the momentum and there was the optimism and we knew we had the songs to make a good record and then yeah. Scott Litt was you know he was the the R.E.M. guy yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean I don't think he was the, the right guy for us but you know that's he, he did he did what he was asked to do I think by the record company mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time it seemed like it was, you know, it was, it was real big thing, you know, it was like everybody was thinking, this is it, you know. We're it was back, like Man United right. pointing Louis van Gaal, we thought that was the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't. And then we came home and Stone Roses were number that's one. That's right. Yeah. And that's it. We, I knew, even then I knew it's all over. I yeah. think, I, yeah. I think around the time of Millennium as well, because I, I got old for a while as well, and I really took my, I took my eye off the ball so to speak as well I wasn't sort of paying attention to who was coming up around the corner and I had been doing that beforehand so <laughs> yeah. if I had been properly sort of myself I would have been yeah. sort of very aware of that because you know the, the thing about it was I, I some of the stuff that the Stone Rose has done I thought you know we, we could have done that we were doing that in a way but they, it was just the right time for them you know well you were if you look back there were some of the things that you were doing before 
Uh, but that often happens, doesn't it? That often happens where the, yeah, the band the that, that does it, and then yeah. I mean, I might, one of my favourite bands, uh, the, the Prisoners, you know, from yeah. the eighties, uh, yeah. sort of band that were doing that sort of psychedelic garage, right. small faces type Hammond organ stuff, mm. yeah. which at the time wasn't really sort of so so popular in you know. Now it is, but then suddenly you had the charlatans who oh, took yeah. everything. Absolutely, from yeah. James yeah. Taylor. Remember James Massive. Taylor played with oh, us. Color scene. And yeah. it's, it's always so timing. It's timing. It's timing. It's all timing. And there's always that band that is the little trailblazer that is yeah. the one that goes along, yeah. which probably doesn't always equate into commercial <laughs> success. Unfortunately, you, until probably a bit later. Well, there you go. It was like in 1988. We were doing here just take it with like wah wah guitar yeah. before anybody, and then everybody, every band had a wah wah guitar in '89. Yeah. And like you know, <laughs> every well, there was the jumped up Johnny. Was, jumped up Johnny. Jumped up Johnny was on top of the pops, and we're <laughs> sitting at home shaking our fist at the screen. You <laughs> <laughs> buggers. Rap and funk and there wasn't there. It's really funny. I'll tell you a funny story. One time, one night I met on. It must have been YouTube or something, and um, it's like it might have been the comments beside Big Decision or or um, yeah, it must have been Big Decision. And these kids were making fun of my rap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh really? It's like because it, you know, because it's it's it does sound a little bit dated now. Yeah. Like rap is the same, but if you listen to a lot of the early rap stuff mm. now, it seems really kind of like. Well, of course, you listen to Blondie's rap show, You know, I mean, if it's not, but it's it's a, a now thought of as a trailblazing song, isn't it? One you know, I, I don't think it, I don't think I, I don't think that is that's that bad actually. But I was thinking about even like like proper rap stuff, like uh, like rappers delight or something. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> compared to like the rap yeah. now, which is very sophisticated. You know, it's. Yeah. It's on the off beats and it's like it's you know it's so sophisticated now compared to what it was then. So I'm sure to these kids, my little rap, <laughs> which was always like my little sort <laughs> of thing. Yeah, I was never have attempted attempted more than like you know eight lines or whatever. You know, I, I don't I wasn't going to start like freestyling or anything. You know, well we can hear it now. <laughs>
I don't think people realise the pressure we were under and for the last, certainly for Kemi Crazy, to come up with mm-hmm. hit singles. I mean, it was, f- it was full on, you yeah. know, from, especially because John O'Neill had left as well and the record company yeah. were panicking. We were under a lot of pressure to, and that was why, one of the reasons why Kemi Crazy sounds the way that it is as well, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. we were never happy with, really, ultimately. Yeah, in fact, the producer himself came up to me when we played in Los Angeles and said, oh, you know, I should have made it a bit more... It's a bit dated, you know. to be honest, for me. Yeah. If I listen, well, it's because, sound, it's you because know? of the sound, and they took all, it replaced all his drums as well. The one yeah, song that f- sounds really good yeah. is the one he plays live drums on. Because yeah. we were we were recording in Los Angeles in yeah. this fantastic studio mm. uh, where the Beach Boys had recorded this beautiful mm. room with mm. f- fantastic acoustics. Mm. I mean, you know, we never got he only used the live drums on one song. I thought, yeah, because that's what I was thinking. That that's the sound that comes to me is that sort of. That sort of drum sound, you know, yeah. which again was not what you would like live. You know, right? yeah. those, a lot of those drum sounds, you know, people were obsessed back then with you know drum machines and everything being quantized. Yeah. You know, people yeah. might know what quantized is, but just like yeah. making it just like so, there's no kind of natural Mercy feel forever. to it. It's very machine-like, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's completely on the beat. But I mean, you yeah. know, who the hell plays like yeah. that? You know. But that did that did have some fantastic pop songs on it, didn't it? Well, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's definitely the songs a are really yeah, good. The songs are great. So- yeah. Absolutely those no songs, problem with songs. Yeah, I mean, those songs, even when we reformed, I would have thought we would have done most songs from that LP. That's right. I think we, we did, did, yeah. yeah, yeah we did. Because yeah. yeah. that would have made, that would have been like the bedrock. That was the bedrock of the Yeah, that would have been like at know. least, I would have thought at least seven songs yeah. from yeah. that record, you know? I mean, since Out of 12. Yeah. Unbelievable pop songs. For Kemi Crazy, and uh, we were really happy because we we got songs like Abandon mm. and Blue to Black and Scum Surfing. You know, we were really excited. God, these are just fantastic. And the record company, of course, they were the, the singles. singles. Yeah. You know, and I remember thinking, I remember going home and just thinking, oh, 
Jeez, what would I do, you know? Yeah. So we went the way and wrote like sensitize Venus and Tingle. Yeah. And then um, it was alright. And, <laughs> and then they were happy. Yeah. yeah. They still yeah. couldn't they still couldn't make them hits, but you know, at least we you know, you can't like Virgin, they really out of all the record companies we were we were with, and unfortunately we were with a few different ones, which means that it's harder to get a like a, a best of or whatever, like mm. a compilation sort of thing. But you know, Virgin they did everything. I would never say a bad word about them. They never they, they did everything that was asked of them and more. You know, they tried their best. They spent a fortune on it. They spent a fortune, they really did. This was around Kimmy Crazy. Yeah, yeah Kimmy Crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the UK, I think in America they didn't really understand. I think they kind of got excited for about two minutes and then mm. they kind of just let it go, really. Because, mm. you know, we went over. It was the one time when we thought, okay, well, you know, we're not going to stomp our feet. We're going to try and do... We wanted to have a hit as uh, well, do you know yeah, what I mean? Do a pop record. Yeah, we wanted to. I mean, you know, it would have been... I mean, whenever we made Kenny Crazy, I remember it was such a kind of euphoria when we were listening back to it. I remember Steve mm. was really in tears. It was tears of joy, you know, mm. because he was really... Everybody was really happy with it. And, you know, everybody was happy. It was like... Everybody thought this is going to do it, you know, this is going to yeah. put, put us through. But it's just, I think it was just always bad timing with us. You know, mm. we were talking about, me and Damien we were talking about this recently um, when we did this program for Radio Ulster about Big Decision. And we were just always a bit ahead of the curve, you know. I mean, mm. we were like, you know, we were doing the dance thing before the dance thing sort of indie rock thing mm. crossed over and all that. But by the time that that actually was mainstream, we were fed up with it. Mm. And we kind of moved on to kind of. Kind of classic pop, pop rock. Mm-hmm. rock, really. Yeah. And then, like, after we broke up, then, like, you know, Oasis, Blur, yeah. and all these people, you know, they were doing something not too dissimilar to what we were doing on Fireproof. You know, we were yeah. doing much better, actually, on Fireproof. It's not as kind of one-dimensional. And in, in that Petra Motions, did, was Steve Mack really contributing to the songwriting he did process that much? If you, he did it, he did it, but uh, yeah, I mean, he... I think it was difficult for Steve. It was difficult well, because he... Break and Yeah. Uh, the, the thing about the everlasting years, we're all on the same page pretty mm. much all the time. We've got the mm. same sense of humour. We like the same music, thank God. You know I mean we have the same interests and the same politics, pretty much? And well, you know, Radiohead. <coughs> I see. Damien Dam- 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 loves Dam- Radiohead. Damien's Dam- uh, is like the, the Maoist of the band. Um, <laughs> He's a hero. Yeah. Um, where Steve came in, and I, I think they start off with he, he, and I can see why now, although I didn't at the time. I think he thought we were just like really incredibly uh, narrow-minded and sort of, you know, like. Well, you're, we're you're allowed to like just these things mm-hmm. and anything outside that is totally you know yeah. you're not allowed to um, because, and the reason was because we were yeah. um, <laughs> but then as obviously you get older obviously you know you, you, you kind of yeah. lose that but and, and as we drifted apart mm-hmm. from the band I think you start listening because you're not being scrutinised all the time yeah. you start listening to all sorts of different stuff and now we come back together and we, we bring all that stuff but we've still got the core thing happening, you know. Mm. So. I don't. I don't think Steve's a natural songwriter. He probably mm. said that himself. You know, he works out. He, he does. He has written songs and stuff, and he likes contributing. And I mean, you know, like he, like one of the, the petrol songs that everybody we, we weren't aware of this maybe at the time. One of the songs that everybody really loves is the song "Chemi Crazy," which yeah. never made it on to any LP. Mm. But I mean, that was kind of like. Very much the way we, we work now. It was jammed, and he he sang yeah. on top of it. Yeah, you know, it's his that's yeah. his top line melody and his his words and mm. stuff. So you know, in a way, you think, well, you know, we we should have tried that yeah, more we often. You know, more yeah. experiment, more with Steve. Yes. We, we, we and it, you know, as for him, no, we weren't. We just no, we do. We yeah. do it now. 
Yeah. So that's probably why it was a bit easier for you to carry on then as, as the everlasting year, because it wasn't like you had a, a strong, say, frontman contributing the lyrics and, and the songs, which is yeah, probably the case in the majority of bands, where yeah, the frontman does bring most of the, the, the material. And yeah, or, or so, it's one person that does Yeah, everything. Yeah, so yeah. that's probably why it's maybe not so strange. Pavel was great, everybody was together, we did everything in the one room, you know, we brought in a PA, we'd heard that the Stooges did Funhouse, they brought, Iggy brought a PA in and they'd done it all live, so yeah, we recreated yeah. that and we had a fantastic producer, Hugh Jones, yeah. who was just, just still the best person I've ever worked with, because, you know, it was our first time making the LP and stuff and he just gave us so much confidence. He got it, he got it, he's got it. He's he just got, got it, it. you know, he yeah, made all yeah. the songs sound better. He had a couple of brilliant ideas. For, like Good Thing, for example, yeah. would mm. not be the song That's that it is now, but except for him, you know, he completely changed it. He, he ch- it was like, originally there was a big kind of long meandering guitar, mm. but like kind of like, supposed to be like television in the middle. Mm. And he just kind of cut, he was like, no, I'll cut that out. And he, and he made it into a pop song. He, you know, he just judiciously edited it fantastically yeah. well and put like this kind of it was like an empty chorus with it with the ah, as on it yeah and it just yeah. i remember when we was doing it do you remember it was like it was so mm. exciting and stuff but the whole thing was just fun it was yeah. really was fun that that was for me the best time in the band a manic pop thrill is probably is up there i mean that's a great record a great debut one of the best debut albums especially when it came out at the time because it was quite a difficult time for guitar music yeah it was, it was not I was, like, it was a bit of a work because there was a lot of gothic stuff there was the nothing and there was that period yeah. and then suddenly you had this as I said earlier that, that listening to sort of Keen and then V2 you know these, these were like what the hell is this because it wasn't the energy of punk again you know but it was it was it was just spitting out of, of the vinyl I think we all knew it was it was really as good as we could make yeah. but I think under the circumstances you know yeah. at the time I, I, yeah. I still love it it just didn't get the push enough as well the record company just didn't do enough you know they should have they, they should have been on the, they should have been on those singles and stuff mm. those singles could have got on there you know yeah. good thing yeah. could have been on good the radio thing. good thing should have been good, good good people, 30. people still talk well, about good thing now you know or natural kind of joy well, it could have been on the radio yeah. easily well, well let's, let's hear let's hear it's a good thing Huh? Let's hear it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> over my dead body. Huh? Oh, I love, okay. I love good things. Let's not play good things. <laughs> oh, I love good things. Let's play another everlasting the end. Now, let's, play, let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear a good thing. It's a good thing. Stay 
But this is another example of the classic pop songs that you can write, you know, which yeah. I'm now going to go on to the, the, the last album, which again is probably what my favourite is, is, is Fireproof, which can contain some absolutely stunning pops. Well, but I say pop songs in the in the best possible way, you know, well, classic guitar like... pop songs, you know, I mean, Shangla, Speed of Light, Infinite Thrill, like I said recently. I mean, there are three songs. I remember that album, listen to those three. I mean, the whole album's great. But <coughs> you play those three songs in a sequence. Yeah, somebody else said that research address and you said the exact same three songs put, as well. You can't put that. I, it's very hard to better that on. on well, on, I, you know. I think like Kieran Root and Infinite Thrill, I remember when he brought it and I just thought, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. We can't fail. We can't fail with this song. Mm. Every part of this song is just genius. You know, it's just Mm. fantastic. It's memorable. Everything about it. You know, and this was just like a demo he done. And I Mm. think we just never were able to. I just don't don't think we've ever done it justice. Mm. I'd like to go back to it. In fact, I think Mm. we should. Speed of Light was better the way we recorded. I think Speed of Light came out better. A better song. I I think. Yeah, I think. Speed of Light's really. I think Infinite Thrill's a better song. But I think Infinite uh, Speed of Light came out better. I think Mm. and. I remember when Damien did uh, came up with a guitar part for Speed of Light, and I thought it was great. But of course, at that stage, we were still maybe not saying yeah, exactly, out, absolutely saying absolutely. to each other. You know, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. And I remember yeah. I I told I came home and I told my sister. You know, we'd done this great song, and Damien had played this fantastic guitar, but I hadn't actually said it to him at the time. <laughs> so my sister went out that night, and she said to Damien, "Oh, here you've got a new song, and you've got a great guitar part." And he was like, "You're probably about shocked to hear that." And we're not like that anymore. Thank God. I don't know why we're like that. That's like being a kid and asking your sister to take a love message to the girl at school. No, it's 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 more like it's it's a Northern Ireland thing where you think, oh, I can't give you too much praise because your head will get too big. Yeah, because that's the thing with Derry. It's like you know, if, if you think if people think you're getting above yourself. You know, they'll really try to cut the legs from under, you know, in a really nasty yeah. way as well. And it's horrible. It's horrible yeah. because, you know, people need confidence. You need you need confidence. Mm. You need people to tell you you're doing well, that you're, you mm. know, that you've got some kind of talent and yeah, so that you're a doing point. a good job. You know? Going made fireproof. I, I, I don't know. I these did. Guys, I, I these did guys might disagree. I still thought we we had a shot. No, me too. Me too. Yeah, I did. But, but, I, but whenever we didn't. But whenever Fireproof didn't work out, then I, I was completely gutted. I thought, I can't come back one more time and do this again. I just thought, I've got nothing left. Do you know what I mean? So, so did you release that yourselves? So? Yeah, we did. We did. Well, yeah. It was another yeah. silly decision because we could have stayed with Virgin... France wanted us to stay with Yeah, because I mean, that again, as a, a, I don't as know a, as a music yeah. fan, you're thinking yeah. that any record well, company. Fireproof, we'd recorded it once. Yeah, we've uh, uh, like and scrapped it, okay. and then but we, we kept we, we kept five songs, four, five songs, three, three, three. And we went in and re-recorded it all much more quickly, much cheap, more cheaply, yeah. and we had Catch a Fire. Uh, yeah, yeah, Catch a Fire, yeah, Catch a Fire. Yeah, yeah. It was another yeah. song we didn't have before um, we kept three songs we kept Heartbeat Mosaic Seventh Wave and Metal Mystic right from the original sessions but we it was like it's kind of that thing we went in the townhouse uh, recording studios big budget and, and we just lost everything that was good about the ba- the songs and the band you know we knocked all the kind of corners off that makes stuff interesting mm. and all our life mm. so we decided we'd go back into the studio called Protocol up in the Islington and we just knocked it out quite quickly yeah and but it sounded ten times better mm, yeah. you know I does. And I think going back to what I said about uh, Millennium, where it was a band that, that, that each song was different and it was like that mixtape. But I think with Fireproof, you got everything right. 
for me as a, as, a, as a music fan because the sound was a band as a whole an album it sounds so complete you know right. there's different songs but as a, a, you've got an identity yeah. and then it was a shame for me when I realised that's that was your last album because well it, I think it, there's great songs on the you know on the B sides of mm. you know ones that mm. didn't even make it I think every because oh, usually so say for say with Babel for example <laughs> it was just like Babel had just about, just about enough songs for some reason we just didn't have enough songs at that time it's just like 28 minutes or something yeah. there's there's loads of great extras for, for Firecliff yeah. so it'll be really interesting Kieran said, I felt the same way. I thought, you know, with, with, with things like Infinite Throw, I'm like, well, how can you fail with us, you know? But as I said to you, like earlier, you know, we've been told by like Radio One or whatever, like the, you know, the night, the nighttime programs that they weren't going to play us. So whenever you heard that, we thought, well, how, how are you going to do this now? The thing about it was, we were doing really well in France around that time. We played a lot mm. in okay. France, and Virgin France actually. Virgin wanted us to drop us, and they, but they gave us the tapes. You know, they were really good. They gave us the tapes for for nothing. Virgin France wanted us, but for some reason we didn't. We should have stayed with them, and I think that might have been a better thing. You know, to just say, well, look, if they're not interested in the UK, you know, we can go to these other territories, yeah. and you know, we could have maybe concentrated more on on somewhere else. Could have been to Paris. We could have. Yeah. We could have gone to, to France. Could be speaking well, French. But you know, it's not that far to to go and do. You know, you could it's close enough where you yeah. could go and do as many dates as you want. Is it a case of that you you made this great record? Were you really proud of that when you when you finished? Were you, did oh, you God, know? I, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. so then, is, it, is it a case of like it feels that it's almost like 
what do we need to do? Was it a case of you were like beating yeah, down yeah, again? Yeah, it, it is had I, enough I'd of say, it. Yeah, it's, yeah, because yeah. because we we didn't. I think I think looking back, we put out detonate, and you're saying it was number one and stuff, and I, that was that was really good. But I think we should have had a. I don't know why we didn't have one of the really good pop songs in as a follow up. I don't know. I don't know what you know. It was so long ago, and I can't remember what they're thinking. We're right. Maybe it was just already by then it seemed like it was over pretty quickly. You know, it, it came yeah. out and it kind of existed in a vacuum. And Plus, nobody was really doing any. You know, because it was our own label, I think that was a lot to do with it. Nobody was really working on it. Uh, there's no promo. There was no promo or anything. You no know, budget. there was no, no budget. There was no budget for like um, videos and stuff. We did end up doing eventually a video for Deadly. one for Deadly, which is yeah. great. It's probably one of the best videos we've done. Yeah. But we were. The other side of it, we were playing probably better than yeah, ever. We were, yeah, because yeah. we had Brandon on board. Yeah. yeah, Brandon is well, a, a big. Brandon is a you know he is a, a big factor in why Fireproof is another kick mm, yes. on the backside. You know, because mm-hmm. I always say since Brandon has joined the band, we've, I've never done a bad gig with Brandon ever. Yeah. Ever, they, they were great. Ever. True. I mean, that that was a great time. I think it was our best. That life. was the best lineup because again, I thought sometimes with that lineup, I think, you, and again with the album, as I said you got that sound. To me, which was perfect as, as a whole package, you know. Yeah, hey, Brenton really gave the whole operation a kick up the backside. Mm. You know, he, mm. he really took us to a new level. He really did because he's mm. just, you know, he had he came and he was like fresh and he was full of that enthusiasm and stuff. And he's just such a great player, you know. Yeah. I think Kieran, when he joined, and Kieran really, really enjoys playing with him, mm. you know, and that just followed through. You know, I mean, Brendan is integral to what we're doing now, obviously as well. And you know yes. he he was just mm. he was just great to have around. I mean, mm. I, I always tell people, uh, I wish we had a taped, uh, you know, the the first time he ever played with us. He came yeah. in their room, and he was given two quite difficult songs to do, and he just breezed through them. We were just rocking, you know. Mm. And I was just like, this guy's got to be in the band, you know. It just was fantastic. So, what band was he in before? Where how did you? Get him into that the Hungry Snakes. He was in a band in Belfast called Hungry Snakes, but he, he, he just answered an ad. We put an ad out, or just put the word out through the grapevine that we were looking for a bass player. And he came over and he had this, just had this great swagger about him, you know? As a drummer, Brenton's brilliant to play with. He's just yeah. a different class, as they say in football circles. <laughs> um, my favourite quote with Brenton is when we played with the June Brides. Uh, who reformed and uh, in fact me and, me and Damien played with the June Brides as well but the second time they reformed they got me and Brendan as their rhythm section because their bass player and drummer had both left and whatever and um, somebody reviewed it and said it was like uh, John Paul Jones and John Bonham playing, playing with Hermits 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 which is just I just thought it was just brilliant because we did it was it was, it was a bit of a mismatch wasn't it? it was yeah. yeah it was just like we were well, really that's better than yeah. when they reviewed when me and you played with them. What are they called? Rent a stomp. <laughs> <laughs> See, they couldn't resist having a big one. Rent a stomp. Rent a stomp. Uh, no, Brandon yeah, is just. I mean, be great for you to speak to Brandon at some stage, you know, because he's he's very passionate when he's interviewed as well. I love hearing him interviewed. Well, maybe we can catch up. At May the twelfth. Yeah, you can get him afterwards. He's great. He's great after a gig. He's he's full of. Uh, <laughs> He's very, he's, very <laughs> no, he's, just very, he's just very eloquent and passionate, yeah. you know. Because they did it. It was this guy, uh, some Irish guy, he interviewed everybody after this gig we did in Derry, except for me, of course. The I don't pe- know. After the pedals reformed. After the pedals yeah. reformed, you know. And, and every, it's, it's really great because everybody's really... It gives you a good glimpse of, of how everybody felt at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Damien, you released a solo single. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a single and the LP. 
uh, CD, that, I think, back uh, in 2000. That was released on Alan McGee's Pop Tones, mm. is that right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you didn't want to carry on doing more solo work mm, yourself? Not really. Well, I didn't sell him. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I didn't like being on my own. Yeah. I just didn't like the limelight, so to speak. Not that there was much, but yeah. I just felt uncomfortable. So yeah. it was just a one-off. But it's kind of yeah. soundtrack stuff. Okay. But what about the track Trapped in a Cage? Oh, sorry, that single. Yeah, that yeah. came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, because I was going to say that was like 2014. Around yeah, like yeah, yeah. Time that was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was just again a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine knew somebody who wanted to put it out. Basically, what it stems from, me and John were asked to write songs for this play, which was performed in Derry in Belfast. Oh yeah, yeah. Called uh, Reenergize. Yeah. So we came up with some story about these old punks living in Belfast, whatever. So we knocked out a few songs, and then um, John just thought I said nothing else to do with it. But I, I, I really like some of the songs. So I thought, oh, yeah. no, I want to record some of these myself. So I did it with me singing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that, well, that was probably the two yeah. best tracks. in a cage with a bit of a <laughs> so did you did you play any any gigs um, to, to support the single or no you, no do just a no, no. one man band yeah so we're not going to have a solo uh, appearance then on oh, Half Moon you're not going to get afraid not no. bass drum on your back yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's done a really good he's done a really great Christmas song with his daughter I'm going to pester him yeah. to give it to somebody I swear to god they're written a great Christmas song, you should do something with it. Yeah. Wasn't that the ever, what was it, a little bit of... Ho, ho. That <laughs> <laughs> can be the basis. What's it called, your Christmas song? Um, for potential... Potential... <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting 20% you as lose, your manager. you, you got to lose those Christmas blues. Cool. You it's really great. Yeah. It's really, really good. I really like it a lot. Yeah, we expect to see that released around Christmas. <laughs> I'll tell you, somebody could do I mean, if he doesn't do anything with it, I might have to go and... <laughs> Become a yeah. Sven Galley and get some, <laughs> you know, get, I don't know, get a couple of youngsters on board. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much indeed. You can well, got, enough, got enough there for an ongoing series. Yeah, <laughs> I've got the documentary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Raymond. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Damien, very much. And Kieran, well thank you. You're and also welcome. give our best to, to Brendan as well. And we look forward to our gig at the Half Moon in Putney. Yeah, can't wait. May the 12th. It's going to be brilliant. Throw that in. It's going to be fantastic. And don't forget to check out Retroman Blog, www.retromanblog.com. For lots of stuff, pictures of, um, we've got a review and Paul Slattery photos of the everlasting year at Lexington. And even, you might even find some old pictures of Damien from the undertones looking <laughs> very, you know, that he's changed very much. But, <laughs> yeah, so, you just don't see him close up. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so check out the blog, lots of stuff on there about the everlasting year. And uh, so we're looking forward to the, 
for the gig very much and to play us out here's a track from Animal Rising and it's taking that damn train again Here, let's hear it's a good thing, huh? Let's hear it's a good yeah, thing, okay? Over my death, okay? I love good things, I love good things. Let's play great. another everlasting year. <laughs> no, let's, play, let's hear it. We've got yeah, let's hear a good thing, it's a good thing, <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's the way kicking under the table at the same time. <laughs> it was almost Scooby Doo, yes. <laughs> Those pesky rock stars. Yeah. <laughs>